think a lot of people have a stigma about posting on LinkedIn. They're like, I don't want to, who, who cares what I have to say is something people always yeah. say. I have nothing interesting to say. Uh, I don't even know where to start. You know, what are people going to think? And, and people don't think twice about doing that on Instagram or on Facebook or on other social yeah. platforms on Twitter, right? Welcome back to Innovative Minds. And I have an innovative mind sitting with me here. His name is Liam Darmody. If you may or may not have come across him, but he caught my attention and my team's attention because he's got this way of bringing humor into his LinkedIn content. So we just kept hammering him saying, you've got to come in and talk to us because we want to know how you've been able to do that and grow such a great brand of content there that, you know, you really enjoy consuming and watching. He is a director of employer brand talent attraction at Willow Tree. So he does have a daytime job, but his personal brand, yeah, I think he does that, you know, so well, even outside of that. And I'm really keen to talk to Liam about his personal brand, holding a full-time job, but still having that personal brand and how that's brought him benefits outside of his work, to his work, and really how to, you know, bring in humor, how to stay consistent through this journey. It's a long journey of content. So welcome, Liam. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here. I really appreciate it. Um, I, uh, I was looking at some of your past episodes and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm honored and flabbergasted that I was asked to, to participate in the same lineup as some of those fantastic folks. So I'm excited to be here and looking forward to chatting with you. Thanks, Liam. I think we've got Andy Foote as a mutual friend yep. there. I see that, um, you we know, he, indeed. And, and... he is super cool. And I see a lot of similarities actually in your content <laughs> and his content, funnily enough. I mean, I don't know if there's a relationship there or you kind of got to know each other or you just have similar style, but I do see a similarity in, you know, the way you guys <laughs> you know, um, spark the audience's interest and attention. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's really interesting that you pay, sort of picked up on that. I mean, Andy and I have been, um, I think I consider him a friend of mine um, at this point. We've both been on LinkedIn for some time, him considerably longer than I. Um, I remember when I first started to sort of lurk on LinkedIn, I saw Andy Foote. He had his old um, profile picture was, was not smiling. He was very intimidating. And I remember being like, I don't know who that guy is, but He's got a ton of followers and he knows all this stuff about LinkedIn. Like I could never get to that guy's level and I'm still not on his level. And, and, and as it relates to writing or LinkedIn knowledge, but uh, we, we get along pretty well. Um, we've actually never met, but uh, one of those people that if I go to Chicago, you know, I'll pick up the phone, make sure that we figure out a way to, to sit down for a beer and a burger or something. He's uh, taught me a lot just through osmosis. That's awesome. So how did your journey I guess start with personal brand and you know sitting there and creating content like where you know was that first aha moment to invest into personal brand so um I think the, the first the first instance of it was probably in about 2015 2016 um I've been on LinkedIn since 2004 but didn't really start thinking about creating copy until uh, about 2015, 2016. And I just noticed that back then the feed wasn't a big place, right? It wasn't really even, I don't know if it was actually a thing yet. Um, Andy would know, uh, but I was writing articles and I, re I realized that a lot of the articles that I would write would be sort of authentic and personal in nature. That would be about a, an issue that I was struggling with or a learning that I had um, less on the funny side, more on the sort of vulnerable, authentic side. And I just noticed that it resonated with a lot of people. Um, anytime I wrote one of these, which was few and far between, because I still sort of succumbed to that stigma that you're not supposed to be too authentic or too sort of vulnerable on LinkedIn. Mm. Um, but every time I did it, I would get dozens and dozens of messages from people. And my network was far smaller at the time um, saying, oh, I, that resonated with me so much. It really spoke to me, et cetera. And so yeah. that's when I sort of I picked up on something being there. Um, and so I continued to sort of lurk and add some content here and there over the years. Um, LinkedIn used to have sort of this cohort of creators that 
they went through in the first round and it was almost like a, a, a practice round for the creator program that they were running. Um, so I paid a lot of attention to those people and the type of content that they were creating. And um, then in 2019, um, my wife and I welcomed our second child, my, my daughter, uh, PJ in November. And I decided, you know, enough lurking. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot more people creating these personal brands and, and just speaking more about how they feel and how they think and who they are. Uh, I want to try and start doing that. So I swore that I would do that during paternity leave. Uh, didn't do it during paternity leave because I was just spending so much time with my daughter. Um, but then I started in January of 2020, basically, uh, and have been creating consistently for almost daily since then. Awesome. Awesome. How do you create daily? Tell me, you I, know, is it in batch or is it no. wake up daily? Like, tell tell us how you do it. I'm a wake up daily guy. Uh, I am totally sort of a fly by the seat of my pants creator. I, I am not knocking people that can sit down on a Sunday and crank out something in an hour or two. That's great for them. I honestly wish I could do that because it would be more efficient uh, for me. Um, but I just... I, I have a batch of things that I've typed up in the past that maybe I haven't put out at that time. And I just didn't feel inspired to post them at another time. So if, if I have to, I can go back to that list, but I prefer not to, I'm more of a create on the fly kind of person. And so I wake up in the morning. If I have an idea, I'll start writing about it. If I don't have an idea, I'll start spending some time in the feed, reading other people's posts and comments. And a lot of times that's enough to sort of inspire me to think of something. Because um, there's so much content on there to be consumed, it, it, it doesn't take long for something to trigger in your mind. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that. For yeah. me, what what I used to do was ha- used to batch content. Like you know, anytime anything comes to me, I just put it in this backlog of ideas. Yep. And put it down, and then I used to have someone come and shoot me, and I'd answer it. You know, um, sort of every four to six weeks, I would do these video shoots. But what now has really changed the game for me is these podcasts and you know since I spoke to Chris Walker my second episode um, yeah or third episode you know so early on I realized the reason he's got so much content and so much volume is he's doing like four to five podcasts every week right that yeah that like the conversation we've already had there's just already like the journey you know that's that's a clip that can be a text so I've realized that the content game can really change if you can actually have conversations daily with someone that sparks your mind. And even if you're just using Otter or a transcripting tool, yes. so much is in that, you know, so if you can mm-hmm. have hold more conversations with people that you really enjoy conversing on a topic on, like right now I'm really curious about, okay, that's how you do your content, but <laughs> how do you do your videos? You know, cause do you wake up and you go for that run and do you put your, AirPods on go today, I'm going to do a video. Like, is it random? No, that's always totally, I mean, video is like my least favorite thing. I always joke that I have a voice for radio or a face for radio. Um, And, you know, it's, it's that thing that's just continually sort of weighing on my shoulders. It's like, I know I should be doing more video content. My friends tell me, do more content, get out there more, you know, share your personality. And it's just, there's something about it that feels unnatural to me sometimes. And so uh, those take a lot of like, it's usually that I'm just, I'm inspired in the moment and I will take that video. It's yeah. very rare that I will plan it. Um, my, my LinkedIn profile video is the only thing that I practiced and I did it like 28 times before <laughs> I got into a place where I felt comfortable. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I'm always on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think for me, that's what's changed was now I get to talk to people that video is naturally happening, but yeah. it's weird for me. Video is so much better because I don't feel like I'm a really great, writer um naturally so you know so for me i can i think i articulate better what i'm thinking by voice so i've i've actually to open up a segment where i speak to myself funnily enough on this podcast called aha moments and i just share my aha moments for the week so i can regularly be thinking of what happened but i mean i yeah to be honest with you, if you did it every day, like, you know, this is my aha moment that I realized you'd actually get more yep. more content, more insightful. But I do it once a week at the moment. And that's Got it. been really good is like, you know, okay, talk. First, it was so strange talking to yourself. Talk, yeah. You know, going, yeah, I'm I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. But, but now I'm like kind of used to it and I'm just sitting there. I'll either be vulnerable, reflect what's happened. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I think you know, put, I think you know, being able to do something regularly can really help with that content creation part. But then I just have to batch it on Friday because I'm not because I'm not yep. that great at writing. My copywriter will Got come it. in and just write for my videos, like what the caption is. But I feel yep. like at least I've it's my voice. Like that's the best way I can oh, yeah. capture it. So totally. different people, I guess, have different ways of how they come. Someone's more comfortable on video. That's easier for them. Someone's better on copy. And that's why I've got so many different, I guess, content creators out there. Yeah. That either kill no, it's it interesting. Be, yeah. I, I actually, so I, lo- I like being in scenarios like this where I'm having a conversation and it happens to be recorded. I, that, that to me, the fact that you and I are talking and I can see you, is what alleviates that hesitation for me. It's when I've got the phone in front of me and I'm just like talking to it that exactly. I feel uncomfortable. But I'll I'll get over it. I I have to. I know I'm going to eventually. Yeah, um, I know. But I prefer the voice interaction and talking as well. Like it's why I was so excited when LinkedIn Audio came on board. I mean, you know, uh, that it's just there's a lot of different things that come out in that conversational nature uh, that you don't get through the text. Exactly. Exactly. And with, I guess, TikTok being a really such a fun space for us creators to do stuff. I mean, you can't avoid video, can you? Like you, it's like, it's extreme over there to get, you know, um, how they bring in music and what you can do. And, you know, some of the features they're releasing in one way, it's really exciting. If you like, you know, can keep up with it and go, that's actually the future. And that's how people want to consume the new generation. Oh, absolutely. So, I think it'll replace so, TV. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And the way that the music makes you feel as you're consuming the content, you know, it can mm-hmm. really lift your mood and change. So for me, mm-hmm. I can see video is absolutely the future. It's just how do you get used to and accustomed to doing content in such a new way and feel yep. comfortable in your skin? Yeah. How did you, how did you, did you struggle with that in the beginning? Cause you seem perfectly natural. Like, was it, hard for you when you started um it's interesting I feel like when I started I was one of those just straight out of corporate job entrepreneur and I just was so mm-hmm. fired up that I'm just gonna mm-hmm. crush it and kill it and awesome. you know nice. and I was I was like young in my mind yep. and you know I would just come out and talk about everything thinking you know and back then LinkedIn was a place where no one was doing it and you get these massive <laughs> impressions so I really mm-hmm. felt like wow like my videos would look like absolute shit compared to now. And I'd think like I'm crushing it because I'm like, look at all these mm. comments, look at all these inbound mm-hmm. leads. So in yeah, your mind there great. was this bubble that everything is so great because my videos, but like not many people are doing it, you know. Back then it was yep. easier. Now I feel like because I had that experience, but then I have this really low downtime of when mm-hmm. you know what happens every year your impressions go down because there's more creators or LinkedIn. Oh yeah. You've said this. The algorithm changes and you start feeling <laughs> always like, you know, crap. So I stopped producing videos for a while because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not working because all I cared about was getting those impressions or the views. Mm-hmm. So I just stopped doing videos for about seven, eight months, redid my whole team, got rid of video. And that was a real, you know, like that was like, I guess, confidence went down on, yep. you know, am I crap on video? Do people not want to watch me? But, hey, um, I stopped looking at all those numbers and all the BS and just came back to doing where I am more comfortable rather than trying mm-hmm. to write content and be good at something. I came back to what I love, being video, and now mm-hmm. I don't care about all that. So for me it's like yep. I enjoy this profile my it's what makes me feel like I can articulate the best. So yep. go back to that. So now I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care if I didn't get the views, but did I enjoy creating? Did I enjoy that conversation? Did it teach me something? Yep. Did I get to meet some brilliant people? So, so yeah, it's been, now I just go, yeah, I, I got to meet Liam. He's, <laughs> I got to learn about how he creates content so I can compare notes on how I'm doing it. I'm getting mm-hmm. to teach other people how you do that part. And then I get the best part is I want to know about when you started bringing humor into your yeah. content. Like what, what point did you go? That could be fun. I th- yeah. I think, um, you know, I think one of the things that's been so interesting for me in, in my journey on LinkedIn has been just that 
over time, I get more and more self-confident um, and, and, and just feel like there's more validation, not in the sense of like the vanity metrics. It's more so in the sense that you have people that are responding to you on a regular basis. Like if I go for a week without posting, there are people who will message me and be like, are you okay? <laughs> Which yeah. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it, 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 it symbolizes the fact that what I'm saying actually has some value to somebody else. And I think that that's where I started to just feel a little bit more secure in the fact that I can put a voice out there and I can just sort of be myself and that will resonate with people. Um, I think ultimately that is, I guess the first year that I was creating, like the 2020, I probably was like trying to find my voice. I'm still trying to find my voice. Everybody, I think ebbs and flows over time with how they focus on things. But um, I'd say probably two years ago, I just started to say, you know, I can just be myself and, and say whatever I'm thinking and tell stories and type the way that I talk. And it will resonate with people and I don't have to worry about it. And so, you know, my, fortunately, my sense of humor is, you know, I, I don't lean more on the side of like offensive or sarcastic or snarky. It's kind of just a little bit more playful and jolly and, you know, but also with the ability to make people think a little bit and think critically. And, and I try and make sure that anytime I am creating something on the platform, like it's not going to be offensive or, or a majority of people reading it would sort of be like, Oh, like I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, and I think from what I'm told that kind of just comes through in my, in the nature of my post. And I, I really just attribute that to writing how I talk, um, which can be lengthy and verbose sometimes. So I need to learn how to cut that down too. But you know, that's really just, I'm just me. Uh, and, and that's what I honestly tell people to do. I, I, uh, I think a lot of people have a stigma about, posting on LinkedIn. They're like, I don't want who, who cares what I have to say is something people always yeah. say is I have nothing interesting to say. Uh, I don't even know where to start. You know, what are people going to think? And, and people don't think twice about doing that on Instagram or on Facebook or on other social yeah. platforms on Twitter. Right. For some reason, LinkedIn terrifies people. And I, and, and I, I find that what I usually say to them is look, if you're employed and your employer trust you to do the job that you've been employed to do, talk to clients and customers, you know, re relate to your colleagues collaboratively. They're not going to be offended with what you have to say on LinkedIn as a platform. As a matter of fact, it's good for the brand if their employees become thought leaders and, and have personal brands because people relate to people. And if, if I see that somebody is always putting out fantastic content and then all of a sudden you know, I'm looking for a job or I'm looking for a business partner or a client or, you know, anything. It's that initial attraction to the person's stuff that will make me go to their profile and see where they work or what their company is or what they do and determine if I want to, you know, strike a conversation and see if there's some value that can be exchanged, you know? And so that's really the thing that I've started to focus on is just talk, being myself completely and unequivocally um and people like it great people don't that's fine too right um you're not everybody's cup of tea but as long as you're being true to yourself and you're just kind of putting yourself out there i've found that people that resonate that resonates with will find you what has helped you and your company by you doing this personal branding thing like how has it benefited your company and has it also benefited you outside of the company as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly wasn't being invited to participate on podcasts prior to me spending a lot of time creating content on LinkedIn. Um, my current job actually is uh, stems from the, the content that I've created here. So the chief marketing officer at my company um, saw my content, suggested that a recruiter from our team reach out to me about a role in the marketing team. My background, as you've probably seen, is primarily, uh, you know, revenue sales operations and, and, you know, customer success operations. Marketing was a bit of a stretch. You know, if I was to go out there and sort of apply for the position, I'd probably have a recruiter say, no, you don't have the experience. But because he saw the content that I was putting out there, he said, you know, this would be a really interesting role, I think. And it seems like if you apply the same passion that you have for your personal brand to our brand, it would be beneficial for all of us. So that's how I ended up going to work there. And since, you know, we're just, we're starting to, I, I have the luxury of working for a company that has been established for 12 years. Uh, we've grown significantly. We have a really well-established culture. We have a fantastic leadership team that focuses very much on the diverse and inclusive 
environment for everybody to come into. And, but I don't have a brand that's really, really prominent and really well known, right? Like we're, we, we compete against the top five consulting firms for business, but few people know our brand. And so what that, what that combination translates to is massive opportunity. Uh, so we're spending a lot of time really trying to show the personal side of the, the company, right? The side that people just can't see because we're not constantly marketing ourselves because we make it all about the clients, right? And so the more we can put out our own identity and show people what it's like to be within our walls, uh, virtual walls or physical, uh, the better it is for the brand. And so we've seen significant uptick in, you know, followers, in applications, in traffic to the site, uh, traffic to our LinkedIn page, et cetera. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, we're just putting out a ton more content. And then as you put out more content, employees start to get fired up. They see the content. They're excited about it. It resonates with them. They share it to their network. And then it just becomes this cascading effect. And, you know, that becomes a flywheel. And if you can continue to feed that that content funnel uh, and get people amped and excited about potentially talking about their own experiences at the office or, or in their profession, then they start developing their personal brands. And then that starts to spiral and become, you know, just the power of numbers really starts to take effect quickly. And so that's what I've been focusing on. We're still early in, in our journey there, but we've made some pretty significant steps and uh, we're really excited about what we're going to do in 2023. That's superb. Have, have you, by you coming in, has that resulted in other people now feeling empowered to also create content within the company? I think so. Yeah, certainly, certainly there's, there's a few dozen people that I have on a list that I make sure I'm always checking in with and just seeing if there's anything that they want to talk about or anything they want to bounce off ideas off of me or things like that because they naturally have it, right? There's a few people that just, you can sense it. They, they're comfortable just putting stuff out there. Um, and then there are other people that maybe need a little bit of a push, um, but they're interested and they're still passionate about potentially trying it. So yeah, I, I think we've, we've seen a pretty significant increase there, but um, there's even more to come. I'm going to be presenting to the company in, in the first week of the new year. And uh, we're, we're talking about putting together something that will be sort of akin to like an internal personal branding academy, right? Where you teach people how to really, you know, take a 30-day course and like build a brand, right? And, and sort of put people through that course and then certify them as ambassadors for the brand. That's super, super cool. Yeah, I think so it'll be exciting. Do you think, it sounds like you've got humor as a character inside of mm -hmm. your personality. So for me, yeah. I don't know if I'm really that funny to be honest with you, all right? <laughs> I don't I, know. <laughs> like, I wouldn't I say that. Well, I don't know if my humour is really, like if it, it comes across the way, like what I think is funny, mm -hmm. I don't know if it would be funny on LinkedIn. Hmm. So, okay. you know, my, so, and there's probably other people that are sitting and listening to this, right, when we're talking right. about how to potentially bring humour into it. So if, I'm, if I think I'm not funny, Right. And mm -hmm. do, do I still do it or do I just stay authentic to myself? Like, are you someone that's just funny around people and they laugh at you? Like, is that something you just naturally do? Typically, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're I'm like, very so, I'm, I'm very social. I'm very extroverted. Uh, okay. I can talk to, I can talk to anybody. And, and that's one of the reasons that I love LinkedIn so much, right? Because I get to meet so many different people. It's like this gigantic virtual networking event that's always on. Um, and so that, that's one of the reasons that I love it. I think if you have questions about whether or not your humor is going to resonate well with your audience, it's important to be mindful of that fact. I think you, you know, you, you run it by some people that are either close to you and see what they say. And then also maybe people that aren't super close to you, right. That you're thinking about doing this. And it's like, you know, if I sent this out here, like draft a post that you think would be funny in your humor, but you're not sure about and see how people react to it potentially. Yeah before putting it out on the platform. Um, I generally advise people to be themselves. And so if, if you putting humor out there makes you uncomfortable and is making you think twice about posting, then don't post that yet, right? Like start somewhere else that's a little bit closer to your comfort zone, put, put things out there that fit within that description 
And then as you start to gain a little bit more confidence, then you can maybe say, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try some humor and see what happens. And if it tanks, it tanks. If it doesn't, it doesn't like, yeah, you know, and then you, you start to build on that. And that's really what I think is so interesting and why I, I talk about consistency, 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 and authenticity yeah. so much, because you have to, you have to put in the reps. LinkedIn makes it very, very difficult to sustain engagement over a prolonged period of time without contributing a lot of content to the platform. And the benefit that we get from that is that there's a lot of organic reach that you can't really find anywhere else online right now outside of maybe TikTok, which is totally kind of different medium, but you have to put in that work. And so if you're second guessing yourself and you think, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be funny. This isn't going to hit well. This is not, this isn't going to go well then just scrap it and put it on the shelf, right? Put that one in your list of things that you might come back to in the future. And then, you know, uh, start with something that's comfortable for you or ignore my advice entirely and just throw it out there and see what flies, right? You can do that too. I think the other piece is that people overthink. Um, people aren't paying as close attention to our content as we think they are, right? They're going to just scroll by and get on with their day. So as long as it's not like insanely offensive, then you've got nothing to lose. There's, there's two schools of thought there. And I think both are perfectly acceptable to try. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I've tried some funny stuff um, with like sex in the city kind of um, style mm-hmm. of approach and, you know, make yeah. fun of that. And that did really well because, you know, yeah. I, I was just being myself, my girly self. And I guess yep. as me, I, like, you know, I'm a huge fan of reality shows and all that. And I think maybe that's a bit unprofessional, like, you know, that I enjoy. Like, I watch a lot of, you know, um, that kind of show just to, like, ease my brain from a full day yeah. of full on. So that's what my humor is sometimes, you know, like referring to right. something from Sex and the City, which is iconic and people might know about it too. But my yep. audience is, like, mostly a male category of males. I know that. Right. That are right. you know, most of the directors and. Um, or they hold out positions. So my scary part of bringing that in is like, oh, they won't enjoy that. You know, they won't know what it is. So, but when I have done it, they're like, oh, that's really funny. And I'm like, oh, well, there's some of you are, you know, um, your <laughs> wives are watching it and they're making you watch it, you know? So I guess it's just, um, yeah, it's just doing it. But you touched on something super, super important and it's about this consistency part of mm-hmm. it. And you're saying, you know, LinkedIn, LinkedIn doesn't, give you a lot if you're not consistent but I've also discovered without doing a lot you don't know what's working so it's like kind of you're collecting oh, yeah. data because mm-hmm. one thing totally. LinkedIn does is if you haven't posted for ages and it's your first post after weeks and weeks it gives you this extra boost like the first time Typically, you post yeah. it makes you feel really like you've been missing <laughs> yeah. out I think yeah. like it's like it checks you you know like okay this person yeah. hasn't posted for a while when they post we're going to give them you know a real good feel yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be a bad, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Like logically it makes sense, right? If somebody's goes from posting eight times in a month to twice in a month and you make sure that that next one, you know, it soars. Um, but to your point, it's, it's so hard to actually tell what's what, right? You can't, it's not like you can AB test things cleanly on, on LinkedIn. Um, it depends on all sorts of different variables and factors. And there's so many people that that study the algorithm, quote unquote, even yeah. though they don't actually have real data. And there's people that profess to know and understand. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that really have a solid grasp on it. But the truth is, we'll never know, right? I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar organization with tons of data scientists who are far smarter than we are. So you're not ever going to figure it out. And so the only real solution to that is to to consistently create content that is authentically you. And if you can do that effectively, you know, you start to, to benefit from it. And some exactly. people benefit by the hundreds of thousands of followers and some people have slower growth and that's okay. I, I always tell people, don't worry too much about that because the other thing that people need to recognize is that there are a lot more people that are lurking on LinkedIn than there are posting on LinkedIn. And so if you can start to build a following of people that are engaging with your content, you will find folks that want to engage with you and that turn into clients or that potentially want to work at your company or that want to do a partnership with you. Um, they just might need to see a few posts before they reach out, you know, or, or, you know, they might drop a comment on your, on one of your posts and that's how you start the conversation. But unless you're consistently putting that out there, you're not attracting 
whatever it is that you're trying to attract. And so uh, don't overthink it. Just put stuff out that is authentic and, and you feel comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like for me now, it's just like showing up consistently is the main game because the algorithm, I think, changes from every two to three, four weeks. Like it gets an update. Yeah, I wouldn't and I be think surprised. Me, and I don't know if it gets an update because like they don't want us to find out about their secret source or what, <laughs> you know, why. But it, it, it does get, you know, it does change. And yeah. so what what I'm thinking is don't focus too much on the algorithm, but more, more recently. More recently, what's happened is I feel like before it was all about comments. How many comments are you getting? But now yes. it's all about, Reposts. I think, the dwell time on how long people are actually pressing see more and spending. So you can't gain that as easily, you know? Right. And Yeah. It, my, my, I mean, you remember when the golden hour was the most important time, right? Like that hour or two hours immediately after you posted you'd want to make sure you were responding to comments, you were responding to reactions, et cetera. Um, and I think that a lot of what we're seeing now, it's totally, uh, you know, hypothesis on my part, but I think that LinkedIn is trying to, to combat the power of like pod behavior, right? Pod mechanics. Yeah. Um, I think they're trying, they're trying to basically tamp that down by spreading distribution out over multiple days. So mm -hmm. that initial first hour or two, is not really that effective. And I've actually noticed yes. that like, if I have LinkedIn yes. open on my computer and yes. I close LinkedIn in my browser and I go back an hour later, I have like seven notifications. So it's almost like they know when the browser's closed and they're like pop more notifications at them to bring yeah. them up. So they're testing all the time. And I think that we talked about how, you know, LinkedIn is probably about 10 years behind a lot of other social platforms yes. when it comes to social media. But the benefit of that is that they get to kind of pick and choose which features they want to pull in from all the different social platforms that are already sort of really well established in that game. So you're seeing like the notification bill coming up. You're seeing uh, notifications in your text about people commenting on other people's posts. Like that's a very yes. Facebook-esque reminder, you know, uh, the notification bell straight out of Twitter, right? Um, so they can sort of pick and choose as they like. And I think what we're going to see is that they're going to be testing infinitely to figure out what that right balance is and what that right mix is. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they're constantly testing. They're constantly seeing how they can, like sometimes they're trying to make sure you can't game the system, but then it ends up resulting <clears throat> in some people losing who are actually creating really good content. So yeah. I feel like, you know, sometimes it's actually costly with that as well because they're trying to make sure people don't game it, but then it ends up, right. you know, sort of yeah, costing. Yeah, no, I, 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 I certainly see that as well. And I, I think that's, that's you know, just another one of those reasons that it's important for people not to think too much about, about the numbers. Um, yeah. Because even I, like, if I could hide impressions on my posts, I would. Like, I would rather yeah. not see impressions every day. I'd rather, like, see them at the end of the week kind of thing. Um, because, you know, you can put something out that you think is going to be fantastic. And it's like 2000 impressions, like what, mm -hmm. but then eight days later, it might have 20,000 impressions, right. Or 50,000 impressions. And it's like, where did that come from? It was a very yeah. slow build. So yes. yeah, there's always, to your point, there's always testing happening. Um, yes. I think that reposts are also taken into account now and they never used to be, it used to be that it was like, I mean, it's a relatively new feature, but. When people repost significantly, you see traction on that post a lot. Got it. Um, Got it. Because before it wasn't so, doing anything. Right. Like people would repost and right. you'd be like, God, it's, I actually wrote about it. Like it's such an honor to have That's someone like, like your content. Views. <laughs> and it did nothing for them and it did nothing for you. Yeah. But right. now you're saying that's changed. So I just was like, I well, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I, I've noticed that it, it used to be sort of the reshare where you you quoted like a quote tweet, right? Now they've switched it so that you have a, you have the option to do that, but you can also do a repost and the repost just takes the initial post and shares it. And then anybody who reacts to that, it actually credits back the original poster. So in a sense, like it's not doing much for your personal brand to repost something, but it's helping boost the post of somebody else in a way that was intended or that we assumed was happening yeah. um, before. So if I think that, 
the other thing that I think is important is that creators who are comfortable creating on the platform, who have a voice, who have a presence, should be paying attention to creators that are maybe not necessarily there yet, right? And giving yes. them a boost because we have the, the the ability to sort of bring an audience to to shine a light on content from people that aren't necessarily there yet, but they're going out on a limb. And that's what I think is, in, you know, we have to be supporting those folks. I agree. And that's why I built my LinkedIn secret community to help nice, really big and like people that are much more established, have a lot more reach like yourself to come in here and help support some content creators that I think are doing great things and really trying and have good content. Like I'm not saying go and comment on someone and ruin your own brand. So, right. so I've created this little community of people that are really trying hard and being consistent. And I think, you know, the us that have influence can sometimes actually help them out by commenting and they'll comment back 10 times more back to our posts. Oh yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah. be loyal to you for that, you know, right. one time, two times, you know, acknowledgement for them. So um, I'd love to have you on the community as well because we've got these sure. brilliant people that are sort of coming on and doing the right things. But the other thing that was mentioned in the community is if you are a large, much more larger influencer and, you know, do you, do you want, you kind of want to hang out with also your people who are also producing at that quality level, <laughs> right? So I was like confused, like should I segregate the early ones with, the more developed people because they really enjoy their level of content or their level of followership, but then you're always going to leave the little people behind, you know? So it kind of went right. against the whole thing of what you just said. Like let's help people that are trying and consistent. Let's build a community and help them yep. propel. It's like giving back. It's like paying it forward. Cause you were once one of those little people and you would have been yeah. like jumping it's up still- and down for a post. <laughs> yeah. From, I mean- you know, I still am right there. There are people on LinkedIn that have 10 times the following that I do. Um, and you know, you just have to grow at your own pace. I think when it comes to community, are you, do you have them like on a WhatsApp or a discord or Slack? Like, like on Slack, your... we just have a little yeah. Slack community and it's, I don't want to make it so big. So what we do is we right. select, it depends on your content level as to whether yep. you come into this particular community because if yep. your content's not at a level that I think we, I would feel comfortable commenting on to support yep. your, you know, thought leadership that you're putting yep. out, then you're not going to get in. You need to go to a different community and learn how to actually do the learn, learn the game of content creation before you can come in with being able to be part of like, hey, we all are producing content and you don't have to go comment on their stuff. You don't have, it's like right. just if you're, if it interests you, like, you know, like, yep. and your content creators, let's just come together. But we give away lots of little tips as well, like as yep. we see it happen. Like, hey, posting on Thursday is giving us this reach. Um, the cool feature that I saw you've already been using, which is the URL, click here on the image. Yep. that you can, yep. I didn't know that. That's super cool. Yep. So, you know, just, yeah. but that's only available on mobile for, yep. um, so, you know, tips like that. So that's what I've been doing. But. Building community is hard, you know, Liam, like oh, yeah. people to come in and connect and yeah. comment and because you might like a different thing. So it's actually hard to create a community of creators who want yep. to support one another because you've got different angles. Like you might not want to learn about what that person is talking about, you know. Um, so you've got, I think with the community, it's about keeping it small enough but and everyone that's in there is highly engaging what they're posting. Yep. Otherwise... It takes, it's, it's difficult. It t- takes away. So I've got people that are in there that post about video, you know, this is how you mm-hmm. do video. And I think that's super interesting for content creators like that aren't doing video, like how to do video well and how oh, yeah. the tools. So that's, you know, one angle. Another person's all about mindset coaching and spirit. Like how do you take your mindset to help you create leaders? So that's their mm-hmm. kind of angles. Of, and then there's like, you know, major entrepreneurs who are like serial entrepreneurs in deep tech, nanotech, you know, and they're just sharing how they've, you know, raised in the 150 mil plus. So everyone's got like wow. different angles that they're sharing. In, yep. but it's about a really nice combination of, of, and not just always personal, but, you know, the people, the community goes, I love this community because I'm getting value and I'm learning so much and I'm growing mm-hmm. so much, not just from LinkedIn, but I'm across business and I'm across entrepreneurship and I'm across angel investing. 
that I never would yep. have been exposed to otherwise. So that was my purpose was to bring cool people that you kind of hand pick initially and you put them together and it will create, yep. but it's, it's hard still because not everyone's going to be like, what I find cool is what they find cool. So like, how do you, yeah. you know, I, th- I think, you know, and that's, that's where it, it's important to, yeah, I think, it, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because there are so many people that have different objectives and different things that they're focusing on and the different interests. Um, I, I think, the one reason that I haven't started my own sort of community is because a it's time consuming, right? Like you have to show up for the community more than anything else. And for me, you know, like my own creative uh, output on LinkedIn, you know, now that I'm managing for a company and for myself, like mine is sort of slowing down a little bit uh, yeah. and I'm spending a lot more time focusing there. So, you know, the reason that I haven't done it is because it's very time consuming and, you know, it's hard to get people to engage and come in every day and, you know, where do you do it? How do you do it? People are in so many different places. And I think one of the things that's really interesting about this moment in time that we're in is there are a lot of different, you know, people that are hanging out in Slack and discord and all these different places. And, you know, you, you, you've only got so much time to be in so many places at once. And it's hard to, you know, have the attention span to, to, to pay attention to all these different things. Um, so I actually, the, 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 the technologist in me is, is hoping that we will eventually have a place that's like, it's easier for it to be the hub of community. Like, you know, that's where everybody is and you can start your own sub communities within that, but that's a topic for another day. But I think it's great that you do have people and you're sharing knowledge. Um, you know, and I think in, in terms of support groups and mastermind classes and things like that, like as long as there's no expectation that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm standing up your content. Cause I think one of the things, and this is actually an Andy foot quote is that, you know, good, good content doesn't need to be propped up. Right. Exactly. Um, and that was wisdom that he bestowed upon me and kind of stuck with me ever since. Uh, and so I think there's nothing wrong with being in those types of groups where you're talking about how to do things. I think there's misperceptions about what certain people do in those groups and rules and regulations and all that stuff. And like at the end of the day, people should stop caring so much about what other people do and just be themselves. Like that's exactly. really the best, the best exactly. plan you can, you can have. Exactly. And I think the only reason I mentioned it was because you're like, you know, we should boost other smaller players up. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think we've, we can not just, we can, we can do that as well as content creators that have been there before and just, you know, yeah. pop, not just always go for like big, people and just you know throw in some you know hands and remember when we were starting out and how much that would be appreciated absolutely i think especially on the linkedin platform because it's the only platform that gives like normal people like i'm i'm like there's nothing special about me i'm just a suburban dad who likes to talk about whatever i'm doing on linkedin you know what i mean like yeah just there's no like there's no reason for people to just take it to this upper echelon we're like oh i'm better than you it's like come on it's just a link it's just it's linkedin it's a a personal reputation platform just be be cool and be nice to people and help people and you'll get karma that's the way it goes. exactly what was there ever a time where you were looking at people who started around the same time as you has you know blown up on LinkedIn, say within two years and, and you go, wow, like, you know, what did they do <laughs> so differently? Because I think you've changed your perspective that you don't give a shit, but was there a time where you're like, my God, you know, like this person yeah, just completely exceed. Like I look at some people's followers and I'm like, you only had like half the followers I had literally like six months ago. You've either bought the followers, <laughs> you've either bought the followers that's a possibility. Because, it's yeah. not a wise move, but it's 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 a possibility. I mean, I can kind of tell by your engagement potentially on that. Oh yeah, if that's been mm-hmm. bought or not. But you know, it's still like you're like, wow, like that looks big. Or you've, you know, and, but there's natural people that are growing at speeds. Oh yeah, blow my mouth. That just blow my mind. Like you know, like I, I look at Chris Walker, but I interviewed him at eighty thousand followers, and I look at yep. him now, and he's already at one hundred and twenty. So he's grown. Mm-hmm. you know exponentially in that time and i know that's completely you know natural and he's doing it yep. i look i saw what chris um i saw what richard vanderblom he said he was only yep. 30 and he reached 50 within eight months and he said he changed something and you look at those growth levels and you can feel really you know going shit 
Like, what is the secret? <laughs> you know, what, ha- yeah. what? What's your view? Like, have you felt that as well internally yeah. with yourself? Going, totally. What? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I have very good friends that that I've met that have you know, three or four times the following that I do, five times the following that I do. Um, I think the biggest thing that I can point at that's different for me is that uh, there's two things. One is I'm not a, an entrepreneur. So I don't, I have to be mindful of what I'm putting out, how often I'm putting it out. Like I can't just constantly be pitching my, whatever the content I want to attract my target audience. Cause I don't necessarily have a target audience yet. Right. Like I'm purely just creating content for my own fun. Um, and I think that personal branding is an important thing, but to me, that's kind of like icing on the cake, right? I'm just being myself and letting people see what that is. And if people want to call it a personal brand, it, I mean, it is, it's, it's what people say, but that I just look at it as that. I don't look at it as intentionally trying to build that brand. Um, I don't view myself as like a company that needs brand building, but um, I think that it's definitely hard to create consistently and get to know all these people that do the same. And then you kind of look at them like, holy smokes, they're like five X how, what I have. But if you can focus on a really core audience, a niche audience, right? A target audience, and you're constantly creating content that's very targeted towards those people, I think you will grow significantly faster than I have. Whereas my, my following is probably a smattering of all sorts of different kinds of people because I have all sorts of different interests and I just post about it. Um, the, the other piece I think uh, is a lot of other creators have sort of branched out into other platforms. So, you know, I, I, Leah Turner is somebody that I talk about all the time because she's just massive on the platform and her story is incredible. Um, and you know, she started an Instagram account is growing that significantly. Twitter account, TikTok, like, and, and those are things that I've never really invested time in because I'm very limited on time and I have you know two young kids. And so if it's not my, you know, my full-time job, I'm just doing it on the side with what free time I have. And so that's been how I've viewed it, but I absolutely still feel that way. Sometimes I sometimes think like, Oh, if I, you know, had started doing this and just gone all in three years ago, where would I be today? Um, yeah. But there's no use in doing it because it's it, what's done is done. Right. So I think, you know, I, uh, I'm trying to just, you know, we take each day at a time and grow as we grow. I mean, my, I think on average, I've grown about 2% per month following. Yeah. That. So yeah, that's kind yeah. of a consistent, consistent growth and level for me. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with that. I don't, I don't pay too much attention to the numbers. Do you think being multi-platform, then that helps to bring people back again on LinkedIn because they might discover you over there and then they'll follow you back here? Is it that or is it just, and you're saying it's their content as well because it's so niche to a particular persona that it's like, you know, like say Chris Walker, just, you know, four marketers. It's really mm-hmm. targeted towards demand generation. B2B to, B2B B2B demand gen marketing, yep. So, um, and he's got a very crisp style, right? Like he's, he, I know Chris Walker sitting in front of the blue microphone on, um, mm-hmm. like, I just know what his content looks like and what it sounds like. And, and then when you play it, you, you derive value from it. So again, it's about consistency, but in a different way, right? His content is consistently the way that it is. It's it's got a look to it. It has a his he has a brand, right? Yeah. Um, same with Dave Gerhardt on the marketing side, mm-hmm. right? Like he's got a massive brand in that regard, and you can really pinpoint his content. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I think you you, you definitely uh, will experience that. <laughs> but I think that they have focused really, really well on that target audience and, and on the consistency. So I think everybody has to take other people's success with a grain of salt, right? Like if you have a full-time job and you're building a personal brand on the side, like you ca- you cannot expect to be as effective at gaining followers as somebody who spends 10 hours on the platform every day doing nothing but trying to get more followers, right? You just have, you can't, it's not an apples to apples comparison. So that's another thing that I always try and coach people on. It's like, yeah, don't worry. And they have a and team. It's not going to happen overnight. And yeah, they have exactly. a team. Like team, when PA, I talk to Chris, editors. two editors full time, yep. you know, yep. shoot, shooting him constantly, you know, having yep. the support to 
like he probably spends very little time to look at like everything's produced like even for me yep. to a large extent to get that consistency yep. of video out every day like there's a lot that you know there's a dedicated editor there's a dedicated copywriter i spend an yep. hour on fridays just going through and you know a lot of the hard work is done and then i add my personality into my content so like it still goes yep. through me so to get that volume i think you really need a lot of support in the background yep. at the end and then even go next further and further and do more and more events and more and more things to get your brand out there. So I think they're, they're working their ass off, I think, oh, to yeah. get to that um, level. And then they've also figured out what that problem and that niche is that they really solve Correct. clearly and um, can articulate and really solve that pain point. So I think you're spot on, spot on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, Liam, it's been really cool finding out about your journey and I hope it really inspires others that are sitting there in a full-time job and thinking, you know, you know, do I do this? How do I do this? And, you know, you'll inspire so many other people who would listen to this and go, it's completely possible. And it's yeah. amazing to hear how, you know, you building your personal brand has actually given you a career change into marketing, which never mm -hmm. would have been possible. So I really loved yep learning and shifting into that and how dedicated you are to get up and you know really do your content game and being consistent to give value um, and you see the real value of that personal brand and what you're building and the opportunities it will probably create for you much more further on than now i can see you're not like thinking about now you're thinking in the future if you want to do x how that can actually help you to achieve so much more so it's really great to hear from someone that's you know not just an entrepreneur ceo that's sitting there and doing it but there's some brilliant people like yourselves that i've gotten the pleasure of laura erdem came on the show before you as well and you know similarly you know working full-time and just crushing it on yep. personal branding so it's really inspiring to see employees great. do it and i hope you inspire my team to go and do more <laughs> so thank you for coming i hope so too Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I, I really, this is the first Australian podcast I've ever been on. So uh, awesome. I really appreciate you inviting me to participate. And uh, yeah, I mean, keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. I enjoy watching all of the other episodes that you have. Uh, and, you know, awesome. to your community, they found somebody awesome to hang out with. So, uh, so good on them. Thank you so much, Liam. You are listening to Innovative Minds.